Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Hello, friends. Jack, Flight School O'Brien here, uh, also known as Jack. Still can touch Ned if I get a running start and haven't eaten heavy breakfast to O'Brien. Uh, both nicknames that I go by. Inviting you to check out Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties for a weekly basketball conversation with me and my co-host from the Daily Zeitgeist, Miles Gray. We are joined by comedians, writers, podcasters, and fellow NBA fans as we discuss the latest news and events from around the league. Check it out. Miles and Jack Got Mad Boosties. Brought to you by the first ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort style amenities, and high quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by the new TV reality show, Who Gets to be Sterilized? Instead, it's brought to you by your local dog and cat shelter. And uh, not to be exclusive, you're also Komodo dragons and other stuff. So there's, in every town, there's lots of them out there. Homeless doggies, kitties, and Komodo dragons. And they need a place to live. And that could be your place. Also, you know, if you can't, for some reason, take in a cute little puppy or a cute little kitten, well, you can always donate your time, donate your money. But uh, all those little critters need your help. So get down there now. Hey there, and welcome to the podcast. I am Steve, as always, joined by... Devin. And Joe. And this week, as always, on Thinking Sideways, we've got a mystery for you. Oh, it's a doozy. It's a historical doozy. A lot of dead bodies. No, actually, no. Well, well no, there were. I mean, yeah. Just, well, okay. You just don't see them, but, you know. <laughs> the mystery isn't the dead bodies, but they're there are a lot of dead they're, bodies. They're strongly implied. Well, they're, I mean, if we're going to say that, then yes, there's dead bodies everywhere all the time around yeah. you. Well, there's that too. But, so, you know. creep factor. Hey, high yeah. five for uh, totally steamrolling him already. 
<laughs> Good job, Davis. Yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, let's go ahead and now that you two are done with that, mm-hmm. get into our story. Okay. Because uh, this week we're going to be talking about vitrified forts, which uh-huh. is a historical mystery. And the mystery is kind of twofold because first off, we need to figure out how the forts were made. And then the mystery, of course, is why were they made? Mm-hmm. So let's start first off, just so we give everybody the background of what the heck a vitrified fort is. Yeah, it's not a vitriolic fort. It's a vitrified fort. Yes, yeah. exactly. I don't know yeah. what either of those things are, so... I was pretending. Uh. A vitriolic is like an angry, hysterical fort. Oh. Yeah, saying say nasty things about oh, okay. you. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Nobody likes that That's kind of one fort. of those words that I am now realizing I've read like a million times. And still don't know I've the just, exact definition Well, of no, it. I yeah. totally do, but I've just never, I don't think ever heard anybody ever say it. Mm-hmm. So for whatever reason, it was different in my brain and... Mm-hmm. I understand. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Anyway. Okay. For our story today, we're talking about vitrified forts. Yeah. Vitrified forts are stone walls, which are built surrounding some kind of defensible position. So most of them are going to be found on the tops of high hills. That would be, you know, the great place to build your village, your castle, and then keep the enemy from being able to easily invade it Mm -hmm. and easily defend it. Also safe from floods. Yes. Good point. That's that's very true. Mm -hmm. Insurance salesmen love those places Mm -hmm. for that reason. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the walls themselves are short spans of distance. Sometimes they're long. Sometimes they're pretty tall. Sometimes they're actually kind of short. And sometimes there are a series of walls that will circle one another. In other words, it's almost as if there's walls that are sandwiched between walls, sandwiched between walls. Mm -hmm. That's what they used to have typically in castles. There was an outer and inner wall. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's very traditional in that regard. Uh, and, and sometimes because they were built on hills, they could have embankments or they could be surrounded by ramparts, uh, you know, from the lower slopes of the hills. So these things are going to be in a whole bunch of different areas and they have a lot of different configurations. But part of that variation in terms of the size of them is going to be because of the time frame or their age because vitrified forts, we don't exactly know when they were made. No. It's believed, according to the current research, that they were made somewhere between 700 BCE and 700 CE. So really just no time difference at all. Uh-uh. And, and there's lots of them when we get into the numbers out, but there's, a, there's more than one, obviously, enough. But there's lots of these things spread over a pretty big geographic area. And it, it seems like, actually, some of them could actually be older than that. So mm-hmm. they could be, you know, I mean, they could be, you know, I don't know, 1,000, 1,500 years before Christ, that kind of thing. I mean, yeah. yeah. It's entirely possible. We, yeah. We're really not sure in this one. Yeah, yeah, it's really, uh, you know, as far as what man was, mankind was up to back in those days, we don't really know. I mean, no. seriously. It's, it's really, yeah, that's one of my favorite, the big overarching unsolved mysteries is like, what? What did that? we do before TiVo? Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, it could be that 10,000 years ago, we had some, you know, in places like Europe or even in America and like North America, we had like some sort of mayan kind of civilization you know and it's either been you know taken over by flooding from sea level rises because sea level's been going up as you know for mm-hmm. 10 11,000 years i mean yeah well we talked about or, some of that yeah. in the who settled the new world first about coastal villages being destroyed by uh-huh. rising sea yeah. levels oh absolutely yeah. so i mean there's all kinds of cool stuff out there that's just been obliterated or else it's just underneath a whole lot of layers of sediment mm-hmm. and we get those weird yeah. things like Golbeki tempe that we talked about way 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 back in the beginning where it's yeah. like these things that are indicative 
indicative of these like larger cultures and more sophistication than we give people from that time credit for. Mm -hmm. And oh, yeah. I think that, you know, this, that's why mysteries like this are always interesting to me because it's like... Well, in technology, what, what's great about a lot of these things is technology, as it each advance in technology seems to spill a little more of the, the information out for us. You've seen all of this stuff now about how they're checking satellite footage and they're using the growth patterns of trees and then the, the terrain to be like, oh, wait, no, you see that? There's obviously the foundation of a building there. You yeah. just can't tell it from being on ground level. Like there's mm -hmm. all these Super algorithms cool. and tricks that they're using that they're finding so much so fast now because of that so yeah and, and is, are yeah. we never going to know the answer eh, maybe will we know some of the answers probably well, so we've just more, spent yeah. the last 10 minutes talking about why this is a really cool mystery and yeah. haven't talked about the mystery at all yeah. so yeah, well i mean let's you talk know. about that's a good point yeah okay that's yeah. why it's intriguing on now, mm -hmm. now the mystery is yeah okay so okay Here's the thing about um, vitrified forts. They, whoever built these forts, and by forts, they're, they're a wall around a fort is the easiest way to think about it. Whoever did this exposed them to massive amounts of heat and in doing so melted the rocks that the wall was composed of and this would fuse or weld the smaller and larger rocks together. So instead of having like a, a nice stacked stone wall, which is Joe's favorite kind of wall, True. they would have one that was literally glued together. And keep in mind, as we've been talking about, this is 2,000 plus years ago, and concrete and mortar were not at an available... Um, as far as we know. As far as we know. Now, okay, so there, as far as we know, concrete and mortar was not around. Concrete and mortar seem to have been cr used by the Romans starting around, I want to say, five or 600 CE. But prior to that, oh, God. Gosh, I can't think of what the other civilization well, was, but they were using the bitumen, asphalt. Yeah, the the Egyptians, I, I think, used concrete. I think a lot of some of the blocks of the Great Pyramids were actually formed on the spot. From one theory, well, they, no, they did, yeah. they used some kind. Yeah, it was a, a gypsum base. They were yeah. burning uh, materials that had gypsum and ash and creating mortar with that. And then the it uh, starts with an M. I can't think of it, but yeah, the Mycenaeans. Macedonians is that no. one? Were they no. before the Romans? It does, it, um, we're going to get an email. Somebody's going to correct us because yeah. I can't remember. But I, the I point the, is... Yeah, I think the Mycenaeans were pre-Roman. This, yeah, was, this was a technology yeah. that wouldn't have been available. So to not just stack your rocks, there's some, some value in that. So you're just saying it wasn't just like a giant magnifying glass? Oh, God, no. They held up yeah. and just walked... No, Slowly no, 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 no. Well, Why not? maybe, maybe we, we might talk about something like that, but okay. for most things, we're pretty sure that they weren't doing that. Okay. Um, now the, the catch with making a vitrified fort is depending on who the researcher is, it could strengthen the wall or it could weaken the wall. Some sources will say that the process of vitrification will weaken the wall because what it does is it melts some of the rocks into a glass-like state, which can make them brittle and it can crack the larger stones. Mm. But on the opposite side of the argument, researchers saying, well, yeah, those bigger stones, though, they're cracking, they're becoming more porous. 
And then the ones that melt into glass-like state actually melt and go into those pores. So when it hardens back up, you've got a super, super strong bond between these two two stones. Oh, so we're saying that the intentional difference of stone reaction was was intentional well intentional? It, yeah. it was it was a, most likely it was an accidental discovery but like a it, lot of things but they were like whoa this is really really strong and depending on which i'm sure you know as with all things people experiment mm -hmm. and depending on the mix of stones some are mm -hmm. going to in heat going to vitrify and turn to that glass-like state and some are just going to crack some because they have higher melting points interesting so if you combine them correctly you can make a super strong wall yeah i can see i can see the argument for that yeah absolutely and, and actually not having a wall that's all solid just rock solid like that uh, that your enemies can't just run up and like you know like fling a big catapult rock at and sort of knock the top stones off the bottom stones and stuff like that yeah That'd be kind yeah. of handy oh, yeah you, you know, know absolutely or people you know there's there's the stories of the guy who walked by every day and just pulled a stone down and nobody realized it was a giant gaping hole in the wall because mm -hmm. he did it just so slowly and and cautiously like you can't do that they're they're welded together mm -hmm. so it's got a huge benefit um, and there are times where it appears that this is, was very much done intentionally or deliberately because some of these walls are built on bedrock that was, would have a really, really high melting point. So high, in fact, that you couldn't vitrify the stones to it, that it wasn't going to create that porous condition. So people would actually go get large stones, sometimes from great distances away, and use them as their foundation so that the rocks above, when the melting happened, would fuse to it so the bottom of the wall was fused to something large and stable. So there does seem to be some very deliberate action that was taken for this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they were smart enough to figure out that having a good solid foundation is key. Right? Oh, so, yeah. yeah. There's a reason you don't build on sand. Uh, yeah. Not, no, it falls apart. And, <laughs> and tsunamis too. But Well, yeah, yeah there's that. Vitrified forts, uh, as we said, they've been around for thousands of years, but officially they weren't noted or discovered until the late 1700s. And at that time, it was believed that they were pretty well contained to northern Scotland. Uh, today, we know that there's about 60 or 70 vitrified forts in Scotland. There's a little over 200 of them total having been found, uh, and they're spread across northern and western Europe. So uh, some of the reading has been that probably what happened is the folks that knew how to do this would then begin to go and share the technology with their allies. Oh, hey, let me help you out. You know, we've got this pact between each other. I'm going to show you how to do this thing I do. And then slowly the technology spread, though obviously it didn't go a long, long time because there's only about 200 sites that we found. I wonder if some of it had to do with like marriage. Oh, I'm sure that that kind of marriage. That, that kind of talking about marriage marrying together or something. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yes, I am. It's you know that sort of that consolidation of power, but also because it's like a kind of a small number actually, and yeah, yeah and kind of really. a intentional spreading, and either it's you know certain people were just building their empire out, which mm -hmm. is also possible because, you know, again, we don't have very great records from that time. Or, you know, it was, I don't know, you know, somebody married somebody's wife and or somebody's brother and said, oh, hey, by the way, 
we've been doing, this is how we do it, you know, where we're from. Let's build something like this so I'm safe. Let's do some vitrification, you know? mm-hmm. yeah. Do some vitrification, yeah. man. Have a vitro party. Yeah. yeah. Well, but, and, uh, yeah and, it's and, like a bachelor party, but, but better. Yeah. The difficulty is, is that we don't, we don't know exactly which civilization was doing it. I mean, there was all kinds of Germanic tribes in the area, in, in the northern part of Britannia. I think it was called Britannia, is what they referred to it at that time. But there was the Picts and some other civilizations. But, but nobody, because obviously there's no written record from that time frame that survived. Yeah, we don't know. Seems... So, it's, so it's always hard to say, well, why did it spread like that? Was it through, uh, you know, through marriages? Well, more... Or was it through military re- uh, alliances or conquests? It's well, hard one, to say. One of the more interesting questions for me is, why did it go out of style? Well... Uh, I think I have a pretty easy answer to that. Uh, Concrete. Concrete. (laughs) That could be it. Air high five. Yeah. (laughs) But no, it actually, um, it seemed to go out of style prior to the invention of concrete. And and according to some of the theories out there, it had to do not so much with construction as destruction. Yeah. And and in which case, I'm really curious about why it went out of style. Well, and that's that's a great segue into theories, because believe it or not, once again, I've done it. We've got a really short story, and the rest of this episode is all theories. Well, you have two different theory sections. Yeah, well, that's that's how I get away with it this yeah. time. You two told me last time, don't do that again. The yeah, episode okay. was too short. <laughs> not, not, not really. really. Okay, so uh, we have two sections of the theories. Section one is how was this done, and section two is why was it done. We're going to start with how. And so, yeah, I'm more curious about why myself. I I know that's why we saved that for last, so people. I find find the how obscenely interesting for some reason. I find both of it interesting. So let's let's get into this now. We need to establish a couple of things first. We've talked about the fact that it takes some really high heat to vitrify stone. To give you a frame of reference, the melting point of the stones that are used. for this process at this time was somewhere between 1100 to 1500 degrees Celsius, which is two to 2700 degrees Fahrenheit. What is that in Kelvin? <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> um, but, the, but if you also need to keep in mind is that's a lot of heat to generate and you've got to keep it up for a sustained amount of time. It's not as if you can just get it to that temperature and then it's done. No, it's, it has to have time to act upon the materials. So you've got to be mm. able to maintain that heat. Yeah, for like, what, at least a couple of days probably, right? At least hours. At yeah. least, uh, you know, I am I'm, I'm I don't want to give a number of hours, but a lot of hours. Longer than it takes your beer bottle to melt in the campfire? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. You also need to remember, uh, well, a lot of people will say, oh, well, humans at that time. Time didn't have the technology. And if you think that, you're actually wrong because this falls right in the Bronze and the Iron Ages when man had learned how to melt ore to make all those fancy tools for killing each other. In a, yeah. in a yes. I was, in a forge. In a for super a, contained environment. But, but, but the but technology yeah. had been figured yeah, out the idea how of melting, to melt that stuff. Yeah, the idea of melting stone, or mm-hmm. yeah, it's out there. Yeah. So, so it is something that is available. And uh, I was doing some reading, and at the time, the forges of blacksmiths around this time frame, you know, somewhere between 700 to 700, it was not uncommon for them to be able to sustain fires of up to 1500 C. Mm. So they've got the ability. 
Yeah. Again, in a contained... in a small in a contained space. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that because that's the big part of that, right? It's like you can't get a fi- like a wood fire campfire Mm-mm. up to heats like that. Really? No, no. Because it's got to feed off itself and be self-contained. And all that Correct. Stuff. Yeah. No, I, the, I get it. The, I get it. Is it the coke that has to get that hot? I imagine it would have a better success using a, using coal and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I would think you would. Okay. Shall we start into uh, now yeah. that we now we've given that little baseline? Let's do theory one, which is this was done in the initial construction of the wall. And theory one, subsection A, you're going to love this episode, Devin. There's all kinds of subsections yeah, in here. Yeah, but you didn't use bullet points, so that's kind of bumming me out. Well, it's because it's too big of areas, and it would have taken this four-page thing into seven to have Yeah, it that's all. my trick. Oh, is that why you do that? Okay. <laughs> have you noticed a really wide margin? Also? Yeah. <laughs> and really big yeah. print? It's yeah. like two words a page. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, the th- first theory we're going to discuss is... Discuss? discuss is the kiln method and the idea here is that yeah well the idea here is that what the builders would do is they would take the larger stones that were going to be the inner and the outer face of the wall and they would lay them out and then they would place smaller stones in between them and then they would take almost like gravel or real or even finer stone and pour them on top of that again and of course you know, you think about it, well, the big ones, then the, the gravel's going to fall in. It's going to fill in all those voids. So it's pretty packed. It's relatively a densely filled space. It's kind of like packing peanuts. That's, you know, it's what packing peanuts are for. Mm-hmm. They fill up all those air voids. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, all the while that this is being done, wooden beams are going to be laid across the wall from one face to the next or logs they don't necessarily have to be beams but logs from the inner to the outer face and wood is also going to be scattered amongst all of the stone debris so we've got now a bunch of varying sizes of stone and a whole bunch of fuel that's all packed in there and that's to 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 vitrify the internal core between the two outer solid walls right correct because not all of these walls are super thick i mean some of them are only a couple of feet across some of them are like you know 25 feet thick yeah so it it varies from wall to wall so it's probably it would probably i don't know if it would actually be easier to do a small one versus a large one because it's easier to get more fuel in the big one but the point is there's there's tons of fuel and in this idea of the kiln method you would then take earth and pack it around a couple of the sides of the wall so that it would then retain what heat is going on you put turf on top to cap the whole thing and then you light the whole thing on fire and from that point, because there is an earthen walls around it, the heat's going to be contained. It's going to radiate within itself, and it's good. you're going to get the maximum usage out of that heat from the burning fuel rather than all – it's like Devon's in a, a campfire. All that heat would just go whoosh straight up in the air. Yeah. Instead, it's stuck in there, which is why the, you know your doors yeah. and windows seal so well in your house so you can retain the heat but the only and get problem, maximum – the only problem being it's just getting air to your, to your fire to make it burn super hot. And yeah. you would absolutely definitely have to have some kind of you air holes. A lot of I that. mean, because you yeah. got to have, you got to have air flowing through this thing in one way or another, but it's, it's it basically it's, it turns into an, uh, a giant furnace. It's going to melt everything inside. And 
this doesn't necessarily have to have been done when the wall was at its full height. I mean, you could build several feet of wall and yeah. cap it and cook it and then dig it out, put the next layer of rock and fuel and do it again and do it again, which would help prevent uh, stability issues. Because if you're filling it with wood, then, of course, is that wood burns and, and turns to carbon and then coal, or uh, charcoal and then dissipates. The, the material is going to want to settle in there. Mm, yeah. And there is obvious, uh, there's obvious signs of posts and beams being in these vitrified forts. They've actually found the impressions. So you, we know that they were sticking wood inside the wall to some degree, at least. So I'm sorry, I'm having a really hard time picturing the way that you're describing this. Okay, here's here's an idea. I'm going to use a really dumb analogy. Okay, should I clarify what I'm having a hard time picturing? Uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm having a hard time picturing where in the wall the wood is. So you've got your mm. wall mm-hmm. like this. Is the wood going through horizontally from front to inner, from the the outer to the inner face, uh-huh. and then there would be wood inside of it. So running horizontally. They had along. them. They had them like like vertical. As far as I know, vertical, horizontal, longitudinally, and then latitudinally. Yeah, there's there's wood laid all in this thing. So so basically, they made like a Lincoln log frame and then filled stones in. That's an uh, easy way to think about okay. it. Yeah, don't, don't think of it as a Lincoln log as in they built it's, a log cabin, but no, it's, like no. it's just a framework. Right, right. But she's she's got it right in terms of the way the wood would be laid in laid so together. that it would get, you know, it would all catch itself on fire. And then yeah. you'd get the maximum square footage of wood to ore ratio. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, you're okay. you're on you're okay. on par. Then although, I, then I yeah. don't okay. need a weird dumb analogy. Okay. Yeah, although other theories, I, and you're probably going to talk about this, have the wood not being deliberately burned, but being part of a stabilizing structure between the two outer walls, the inner and the outer wall, and being a stabilizing structure that kept that whole pile of rubble in between the two walls all kind of I would imagine that would be, in the kiln method, I would imagine that was what the earth piled on the outside was meant to do rather than oh. wooden structure. Because the, the wooden structure would burn up. But I'm saying it's like, you know, it's if, not the, if kiln the wood version. was not intended to be yeah. burned, then oh. it was intended as a framework to actually shore up okay. the castle walls. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's hard yeah. to say. I mean, again, I... no, again, you don't know. I mean, we don't know if this was intended to be a, a framework to make it all stronger or mm-hmm. it was intended to be burned. To right. create heat, we don't know it. Yeah, yeah. Wish we did. Um, time so... machine. I know. I, I, I could just picture it. I'm going to step out of my time, my time machine, and I go, "Dude, what you doing? Who's he? Kill him!" <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Yeah, yeah. the successful the time fire. traveler. Yeah. Where'd he come from? Why do these guys never come back? Huh. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Um, so, real quick, let's uh, circle back to something that we talked about as we were ta- discussing this method, because it'll play into everything that we talk about later. I talked about the different sizes of stone that was going to be thrown into the wall for during the construction for the vitrification process. Now, I had written this down wrong, and thankfully Joe caught it, but what it is is the small stones have... Help me out with... What's the proper way to put this, Joe? It's they have the, a high surface-to-volume ratio. So they're going to melt faster. Yeah. Because yeah. a big stone is going to take a long time to heat all the way through, but a small stone is not. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's more likely to vitrify. Yeah, because it's like, the, you're, like your hands are 
example, have a very high surface to volume ratio, mm-hmm. so which is why you have faster. to wear gloves in the wintertime. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's Sorry. exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just totally interrupt you to say the exact same thing you're saying. Yeah, but the point is that those are the ones that are going to vitrify, and they're the ones that are going to end up making they're going to melt fast, fuse and, yeah. everything together to Which make that solid wall. Kind of makes them into a, like, sort of a mortar, a mortar in of themselves. Yeah, kinda yeah, like it is. That, it right? is a method of making mortar in yeah, in like a that. rudimentary fashion. Yeah, if uh, that's so, what it was intended by this process. Again, yeah, we don't know that. We don't know that. We're yeah. th- this theory is presuming that's what it's for. Uh, the second part of the how it was done, second theory is the open fire method, which I'm a little dubious on, but but we'll go ahead and, and run through this. Well, uh, I mean, you may be dubious, but it does take a lot less like plant like this is way easier. We'll 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 talk about that in a second. <laughs> I, I don't I don't agree with that, but that's okay because yeah. we still don't know. So some re- researchers have said, well, listen. It's obvious that they weren't using a kiln method, and so what the builders were doing is they were piling wood on the outside of these walls and then maintaining that fire to get enough heat to vitrify it. And the research says that in order for this to work, what they would have to have done is plan this out for a time when they knew the wind was going to be blowing in a certain direction, so it would act as a billows, and it would push all of that heat into the wall and help keep maintaining it, because it's it's pushing oxygen into that fire, and it's going to help mm. burn it hotter. Obviously, a windy day would be very helpful for this. Absolutely. This Although we are saying, I mean, this is Scotland, right? I mean, it's not like... It's not like they don't ever get windy storms. No. You're absolutely yeah. right. I'm not... <laughs> Um, saying. My, my thing is, I'm a little unsure about this because I know I sent you guys the link to this, but uh, uh, there's more than one person who's tried to recreate a vitrified fort, and one of them was a guy by the name of Ian Ralston who did it back in 1980 for... Did, do you, you are too young, Devin. Joe, do you remember Arthur C. Clarke's Mysterious World, uh, the TV show? Vaguely. I, I didn't watch it at the time. I mean, I read all of his books when I was a kid, but yeah. I never, not all of them, a lot of them. I don't think I ever saw the actual show, though. I remember yeah. this show because it has the crystal skull uh-huh. in the intro, and I always remember that. But Ralston, he's on an episode of that show, and he builds a wall, and he builds a really big wall. It, I'm yeah. guessing, this, the dimensions are a guess here, but I think it was about 8 foot high, about 10 foot wide, and somewhere between 15 and 20 foot long. Mm-hmm. And it was a freestanding wall. He didn't have anything packed around the sides or anything like that. Like that, but still had wood running horizontally or from front to rear face, and then he stacked a bunch of wood on top, and they lit it on fire. The problem is, is that it took a bunch of wood to get oh, yeah. that thing up to heat and keep it up to heat, like six truckloads. Like I was laughing, and they had to call in an order from the local uh, what did they dustmen? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they were throwing they, they furniture. brought in furniture and tossed it on there. <laughs> and it took them like all day. This is the problem with this thing: is that uh, you build this, you, you lean all this wood against it, light it on fire, and most of the heat just goes straight up and past your wall. Yeah, you know? the, the like, campfire issue. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the only way to really do it is to build a. Pack in so much wood that eventually you get the, this big, huge pile of just of coals, like uh-huh. embers, up, you know, up against your wall, and then you'll get some juice out of it. But yeah, yeah, and uh, he poured wood on it for a day yeah. constantly, and in the end, like I said, it was about it looked like six. I think they said six truckloads, 
And this is so it didn't sad. Do that much, really. Well, yeah. no, the sad part was watching them demolish the wall with the, yeah. the backhoe, and he didn't vitrify hardly anything. He got some small stones to go to a semi glass like state and fuse. But that Not was much. it. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of action out of it. Yeah, he should have just left the ruin for somebody a thousand years from now to worry yeah. about. Well, the, the hilarity was, is of course, Arthur C. Clarke is, you know, in, in the episode the whole way through doing his dialogue. And he talks about the fact that for the vitrified forts that we knew of in 1980, and I'm sure there's more been found since then, they weren't all found at that time, uh-huh. it would have taken... At least half of the forests of Scotland, in order to create enough heat to have vitrified all yeah. of that 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 stone. That's one of the one of the issues I have with this is the uh, you know the, the assumption that they used wood when I think they should have used coal and and there is lots of coal in Scotland. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, I you know and it just seems to me coal was a lot would be a lot easier when you're thinking about the energy that's in a, a piece of coal versus a commensurate piece of wood. You know. If if you're gonna have your soldiers laboring day after day after day hauling logs up the hillside versus hauling loads of coal, it sounds to me like you get a lot more bang for your buck having did them drag you, coal up the hillside. You were, you went down the coal path, and I didn't even think to. Did you look up anything to see when the earliest mining of coal in in Scotland was? Uh, it's not recorded, really. I mean, it's like you know, I mean, you can find out about like modern, more modern, like several centuries ago or whatever. You know, there's there's records about that, but beyond that. Uh, there's nothing. I, I mean, wonder about, but that, it doesn't mean that they weren't using and digging it up. I mean, if they, somebody dug up a massive coal pit back in the day, and and then just their their civilization goes away, it gets overtaken by nature again. Nobody knows it's a coal yeah. pit. Well, I was just saying, I wonder about peat because peat is a Pete, huge yeah, fuel Pete source work, in that yeah. area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think I think the reason everybody focuses on the wood is because, like I said, there's you can see impressions and voids that they have identified as having had to have been from posts. Yeah, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily it doesn't mean... mean it's the only source. Yeah, exactly. Because I would think you would need an exterior source as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, maybe it is that they you know put peat or coal. Because obviously, if they're if they're work if they have forges, they're using coal. Yeah. Of some kind, right? I mean, that's pretty. I, I'm pretty sure that's the only way you can get things to go that high, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, I don't you know. can go pretty high with. I mean, house fires get up to like 1,100 degrees. Fahrenheit. I was going to say, I've had yeah. a, I've had wood they stoves. Get, so half blamed, this, yeah, which is still not high enough. Yeah. 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 So you know, I almost wonder if it was like a dual method sort of thing. Well, yeah, I don't because know. I mean, like, for example, um, it ha- it would have to be if you're using the logs just to stabilize your pile of rocks while you're burning it and then vitrifying it. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't exactly use chunks of coal to do that particular function. Right. You know? <laughs> right. So, but then that, bonus, it burns and like creates, burns, more, creates more internal heat. heat. Yeah. If Great. that's your intention. Yeah. 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 I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Well, and, and here's the thing is, so uh, Ralston wasn't the only guy who's ever tried to vitrify a wall. There was, and you will see these referenced everywhere, but there was two experiments done, one in 1934 and again in 1937. And the first experiment was very similar to Ralston's. They built a wall. They had wood running through it. They had stone in the middle. Although these guys, they cheated a little bit because they used fire clay brick for the outsides of the wall, which will stack better and it will be a much it has a better insulative capacity because there's no gaps in the seams it's not giant holes from stacked rock Mm -hmm. uh they they did it uh, it was really funny to get the the bellows effect they lit it 
at the beginning of a snowstorm and the wind was raging and the whole thing was burning hot but eventually their wall collapsed oh. uh so there was a there was a fault there the next day when they checked it out they did find that some of the material inside had vitrified so they had achieved results mm-hmm. but not perfect results well it almost, i mean it does again it's scotland and it makes me think of like the kind of wind that blows through right before a rainstorm mm-hmm. when we get them here i mean you know granted rain isn't like great for a fire sustained but, but if it's a hot fire the rain doesn't matter yeah so i um, i mean you know it's not that hard to say oh yep looks like there's a storm coming time to light that fire and there's also nothing to say that they didn't have these things set up oh, it wasn't yeah. like they were just sitting around thinking oh, okay i guess maybe there's hurry quick be a storm. it looks windy <laughs> you know that they would be like okay well you know we've got it to the stage and mm-hmm. you know the wind is blowing better go light that thing yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Get it ready and when the wind, when the weather conditions are right. Yeah. yeah. Well, because it probably yeah. took a long time to set this. I mean, maybe oh, this yeah. is the era of true manual labor. You yeah. want to get that stone from here to five miles away, you can start dragging it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. going to take you a while to get it there. Yeah. You or the oxen or the horses yeah. or whatever. Right. But yeah, somebody's got to drag it. Exactly. Yeah. Sorry. I... No, 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 no. That's, that's, that's a valid point. And so, the, but the, so I talked about there's also the 1937 experiment. Mm-hmm. It was actually a heck of a lot more successful. It it was kind of a hybrid of the stack on the outside and the kiln method. The the same people or another group of people did this experiment. There was they had cut into a vitrified wall to excavate it to check it out, and then they stacked a bunch of material back in that void, and they they tried the process there. So it's capped on the ends. They did manage to vitrify a lot of the material. Their wall didn't collapse, but it did settle. But in the reading, it talks about the fact that the way it settled and how uneven the top was sort of represents other vitrified walls, which, again, makes sense as things settle and melt and collapse, you're going to get unevenness. Mm -hmm. I mean, what does all that mean? It it means that I don't know how they did this. These are the two Mm -hmm. prevailing methods, Pete coal some other fuel source we we really just don't know i really want you guys know that youtube channel primitive technology no, no. sounds it's, interesting it's, it's pretty good yeah he it's just this guy that goes out into the wilderness and like um basically is just working his way through primitive technology i think he's at the stone age he's making he's Using... got a furnace that he's made from clay um that he has like a little wind thing and he's making stone bellows uh no the wind thing? it's a that... fan it's a little fan like a hand drill with a fan on the oh, bottom okay. of it that's in the furnace that okay. like yeah basically does a bellows thing but i think he's out he's making stone things now so he's at the stone period but i really just want to tell him like hey next try to figure this thing out because he is figuring i mean you know refiguring things out it's pretty reverse cool. engineering it's oh. super cool he that's, just like made uh... a entire mud hut in the middle of a forest. That's a handy skill to have. While using know, a modern camera collapses. to film the whole thing. Yeah, but that's the only thing modern he uses. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Well, you, guys should, you guys should watch him sometime. But I want I him to figure uh, this out. Cause, nah, we'll check oh, that out. Sounds yeah. pretty interesting. I feel like he would be successful. They would be like, he'd be like, oh yeah, obviously this is how they did it and do which, it in like two minutes and everybody would, would be, be like, great, oh. Because <laughs> the thing is, is, I mean, as we talked about, there's so much fuel needed to make this process happen on this scale that nobody that knows. Right, right? I yeah, mean, I, the math yeah. doesn't seem to add Although up. Although I yeah. will say, I feel like none of these experiments probably did justice to the amount of time and energy that was put into the originals. Mm-hmm. You know, so we say, well, the, you know, the 
the experiments fell down. Well, did you spend a month making them? Probably not, right? Did no. you spend a year and 50 people making them? But Probably the, the, not. But then again, that, that, that makes it even more mysterious because oh, yeah, why totally. the hell would they take all the time and trouble to do this? Well, to be safer in their homes? Maybe. Uh, we'll that, actually talk about some of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. we're going to talk about why probably. Yeah, huh? yeah, yeah. We, we actually, why. that is yeah. our, we have gone through theory subsection mm. A. Yeah. And we are now about to get into theory subsection B. Which mm. is why. But first, let's take a quick break. This just in, uh, rich heiress Victoria Van Crest discovered dead in her hotel room in Maui while honeymooning. Uh, and of course, you know, guess who the main suspect is? Uh, yeah, this is, sounds just like the Tina Watson episode, doesn't it? But no, this is actually part of a, a new game called Dispatch by Breakout Games. You've probably heard of those guys, but they are the pioneers of the immersive escape room. They've got a new thing. It's a little bit different. Uh, what happens is uh, every month they send you a new installment of the serial mystery game. It's a box full of all kinds of clues, puzzles, and, and there's also some secret online content to help you solve the case. But again, it's about a murder mystery. The heiress who's murdered on her honeymoon, her husband, James Smith, has disappeared, and he's the main suspect. But we're thinking, nah, there might be something bigger and more sinister at hand. But... You know, you're going to need to figure that out. This game is all about you putting on your detective hat and solving the mystery. It takes months to do. It's, uh, ooh, I don't know, about 12 installments, I think. I uh, got some in the mail from him the other day. My cats are very jazzed about it because it comes in a cardboard box. That's it. Doesn't get any better than that, does it? Intrigued? Well, satisfy your curious mind with 50% off your first delivery. Go to breakoutdispatch.com sideways and use this code sideways to subscribe. Again, breakoutdispatch.com slash sideways and use the code sideways to get 50% off your first delivery. So, Dispatch by Breakout Games. Cat approved. And we're back. Theory subsection B. Why? Why? Absolutely why? Should have just called Did it you overemphasize why? the H in why? Why? <laughs> well... Decoration is the first reason that mm -hmm. people might have been doing this. So some researchers have theorized that the reason for the the, going through the process of vitrifying the stone walls was aesthetic. Is Basically, if you are so rich and so powerful in this time of history that you can exert all of that manpower and money onto a wall to then for just decorative reasons melt it. And remember, things that are glassy inside of a stone wall like that, they look a little weird and, and the colors can be pretty today. Yeah. Not all of them, you know, some of them you can't even tell, but melted stone is a very unusual thing and that could have been an expression of your wealth or your power to those around you especially if you're a, a rich trader or a king or whatever yeah, makes sense. I, I don't know i mean maybe oh, yeah. but that seems like it seems extravagant but then i think about some of the castles things, that were built or even things that some of the rich people do these days yeah just to prove how rich i am yeah, so. well, look at, if you look at inca stonework for example mm -hmm. they went above and beyond what they really needed to do to build a wall hey I if mean, we're talking above beyond. and beyond let's talk about like the egyptians yeah that's who too. marble coated and gold plated their their stone structures uh, yeah. to their own death. Like what? 
Yeah. <gasps> so it's it's not outside the realm of possibility. No. Uh, the next sub-theory here as to a reason, uh, this is actually one that I came up with on my own, and I titled this Stability. If these walls are a couple feet thick, if we live in Portland, where for the last several years we've gotten a ton of rain in the wintertime, mm-hmm. and stacked stone walls that have been in place for over a 100 years have started to blow out because of the water pressure. And they're just one layer, two layers deep. Now imagine what would happen if all of those stones, like a concrete or mortared wall, were welded together. They would be less likely to bulge out. You wouldn't have to build in dead man, uh, which is a, do you know what a dead man is in a Let's pretend wall? we don't. Okay. It is something that penetrates into the embankment of the wall and is like a T structure that is tied to the wall. So in order for the wall, yeah, it's an anchor for the wall to push out that whole T structure that dead man's got to come out. Well, you don't have to do that if the entire wall is unified in its whole expanse. And Scotland is much like the, us here in terms of they get at least as much, if not more, they rain more. than we they do. They get a lot of rain. Yeah. So yeah. this would be a great reason to take embankments on the hill that your village or fort or castle is built on top of and vitrify them. Yeah. Because the thing is not going to blow out from underneath you yeah. like in giant rainstorms. Yeah. Or ice. Yeah. You know, yeah, ice, ice is storms, another one. Yeah, it probably wouldn't have nearly the kind of effect that they would on just a simple stacked wall. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you've got, you know, water stuck in between every single one of those little rocks and it, you know, freezes and mm-hmm. expands and, yeah. you know. It's going to be yeah. harder for it to destroy it. So, I mean, it, again, this is this is what I was thinking of as I was doing the reading. It's not in the reading. It's what I think of, too, which is, like, weird that nobody else thinks that, which makes me think that there's, that's like a, I always have this thing when we have some so obvious idea, right? Uh-huh. Where like I we're think, missing something? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, we're just the idiots. <laughs> that's way too easy. I don't, well, I don't think stability was really the issue, though, because, I mean, there's a lot of structures that were built back in those days that are still around, and so eh, maybe stability was not that necessary. Well, I think the stability mm. ideas for more of the ones that were built is kind of ramparts or embankments, mm. because there is, there's one, I can't, I, I don't know the name of it, because there's so many of them, and they are impronounceable for me because I cannot do that language. The Scottish Scottish Gaelic. Yeah, Yeah. I can't do it. But it is a a big hilltop that is nothing but vitrified stone for what looks like to be 50 or 100 feet of the top of that that hill. It's, uh, yeah, it's pretty, I know the way you're talking about it. It's it's like about 100 by 200 yards. But it makes sense why, if you were trying to keep that thing from washing out from underneath you, why I would think you would vitrify it. That's it would hold reason. it in place. Although, in, a lot, in the case of a lot of these, now correct me if I'm wrong, but don't isn't there generally a belief that there was an outer layer of larger cut stones that were stacked, you know, on the outside of that, and that those had been removed to vitrify or not yet put in place to to vitrify that stone? Uh, that does not sound familiar to me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Most everything I've read about is like this is the wall and this uh-huh. is what it is, this and is we're the... not gonna we're not gonna then put a dress layer on I top see, of so. it. Yeah, so in that case, they were just using smaller rocks that weren't cut and, and mm-hmm. shaped and everything to stack upon one another. Right. So that's another, I guess that would be kind of necessary for your stability. Yeah. Otherwise, your fort is just kind of like an oversized gravel pile. Exactly you know? right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly on. right. Yeah. Uh, so let's go into the next layer of the theory of why this was done. 
And this uh, this section of why is that it was done for intentionally destroying the fort or the walls. And there's subsections to this, uh, and it's going to make a little sense, but we're going to start with who would have done this in order to destroy the walls, and that is the original residence of said fort. It's like, I'm sick of this look. Let's burn it. Yeah. <laughs> I have been asking you to redecorate for years, uh-huh. and you just won't do it. I know. No. Uh, the, the theory says that the residents were leaving the, the place that they lived, and... Instead of leaving this nicely made fortification for the next group to come along and just occupy without exerting any effort, they went ahead and decided that what they needed to do was burn that mother to the ground. And so they pulled parts of the walls down, threw this fuel in there, and then lit the whole thing on fire in an attempt to destroy it. That's it. It's uh, an awful lot of work to do to destroy a place you lived at. Because think about it. But it's also like two hundred of them over the like. Yeah, that's uh, like a lot of a lot of them. It's to a, maybe it was just a custom, you know. Well, but, I, but that, the, the thing about it is, is that um, it would be easier just to dismantle it than to cart all the wood or coal or whatever up there. Yes, it would be. But the other thing about it that that I it occur, that occurred to me is, if you think about the times and everything, I mean, maybe they did it for say superstitious reasons, like they'd been living there and they decided that for what for whatever reason the place was cursed or haunted yeah and they decided that it had to be destroyed it couldn't just be you know we can't just move out we've got to burn this spirit or whatever or it could be that maybe there was some sort of a plague thing going on and they decided that uh disease that kind of they decided to burn the thing to kill off disease it, my i understand that my yeah. my issue with it is that it took so much time and effort oh, to yeah. get the fuel there that usually when when people were leaving the site that they had lived on there was two reasons or meaning impending threat of war and I got to get my stuff and get out of here uh-huh. or famine. I got no food. So I'm, I'm weak and I need to go somewhere where I can eat. Neither of which I would think would encourage people to stick around and do all and, that work and do yeah, all that work to light the walls on fire to destroy them. I mean, it's literally, it's raising your home yeah. and that's just so much work in either of those scenarios. That's that, a good argument for building your house or your city out of woods. So it's a lot easier to just, you know, torch it when you your leave. enemies think yeah. the same thing. I know they like it too. I know, but uh, and that's that's kind of why I like my 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 ghost ghost castle idea a little better, or my ghost fort idea a little bit better. Yeah, because yeah, even though that's loony, it's silly, but it you know, hey, you got a curse, you got to do what it takes to get rid of that curse. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, well, I like the B part of this theory better. Well, the B part of this theory is actually pretty robust and a lot of fun. This is where we're going to have the, the fun tonight. Not not that we haven't ha- been having any fun, I swear, yeah. I promise. Uh, section B of intentional destruction was that the destroyers were the conquerors. The people who conquered that place. I mean, uh, it makes more sense. It does. And actually, that was... Very common back in the old days. It's happened all throughout the world. They took raising over. your enemy's home. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, they, you torch en- it. Entire, I mean, entire walled towns, entire cities were completely destroyed. Uh-huh. Not just torched, but I mean, you know, disassembled. Well, yeah, by you're, you're sending yeah. a yeah. message because what you're doing yeah. is you're sending a message to everybody else. If you oppose me, this is your fate. Yeah. So go ahead, oppose me, and 
it's your fault. Yeah. You knew what was coming. I still think it was a little wasteful. You know, <sighs> like, when I think about, like, when you think about all around, you know, all across Europe. Or like and, Alexandria and places, yeah, and like, places that like that where, 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 where the torch. All yeah. these places that were just completely destroyed by the invading army all throughout ancient Greece and everywhere else, you know. Mm-hmm. They'd still be there. and They'd be very cool archaeological sites today. But damn it, some mm-hmm. jerk decided it'd be more fun to take them apart. Yeah. Yeah. So... I- I was just thinking, I almost wonder if, because I know we're going to talk, actually, why don't you talk about the thing you're about to talk about, and then I'll talk about the thing I'm going to talk about. Okay, so she's she's, uh, given me my marching order, so I must go in that order. Uh, So this part of the theory is, so this is theory B, subsection one, is that it was all done by hand. Yeah. All of the destruction. Uh, Again... I see issues with soldiers who were very, who have just spent all this time and energy conquering somewhere, then turning around and having to scavenge the landscape for material to burn oh, yeah. to then cart to it all well, so back. Here's what you got to drag it up the hillside. The yeah. 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 So here's here's my thing: is what I don't know what there is to say that these walls that the stones weren't actually the middle part or uh, actually i thought they could have been the middle part the filler between two larger walls that were stacked stone yeah well so yeah. the reason i'm saying this is it could have even earthen walls with wood in the middle right mm-hmm. and that it wasn't that the armies were like all right let's drag a bunch of wood up here to like set it on fire but that they accidentally did the kill either of the first methods on how mm-hmm. by just saying all right like set the fire set the fire on the wood torch the whole thing just torch the whole thing and then walked away from it and for whatever reason by coincidence that the wind was blowing perfectly and there was just amount you know that it, the conditions were just right for it to vitrify the stone walls instead of just you know burn and then the stone crumbles and whatever yeah you know what i mean like i almost I, wonder I if it was just like that because i again like the 200 spread over this distance it's not as though it's like every fort in a given space right so i almost wonder if yeah, if there's some sort of it's, addition to this like joe keeps thinking right that like well, that that maybe that wasn't the entire wall that there was some more components to the wall and yeah. that we just don't i mean that's lost to history it's possible and and so the i mean it's because of the heat that it's taken if this was done right these fires could have literally been burning for days yeah and in a time and era where you don't see lights at night that is going to be very frightening to the villages and towns around you to see that, that yeah. this town is torched and it's still on fire three days later. Yeah. But at the same time to where you're talking about, like maybe it had earthen structure and then wood, there's a couple or of them. Or even just wood. Well, but I'm, I'm thinking is that there's a couple of them that it doesn't make sense because they're all different shapes and sizes. There's like the one that popped to my mind, I think it's called uh, Mark's Moat or the Moat of Mark. I can't remember which one it is. But the f- images I've seen it's like a space the let's say the size of this this building that we're in but it's all flat it's all in the ground there's no raised wall so it's almost like the ground was vitrified so i mean that might lend credence to where you're going with it but i I don't know i mean it's Mm. it's super confusing yeah because they're all kind of different because we don't know how it was done that's what's so confusing about lightning strikes Aliens. Aliens. Well, you know what? The uh, the thing about it is, too, is that maybe, you know, when you, if they were under siege, for example, which would probably happen before, you know, your little fort falls and, mm-hmm. and they and they'd vitrify it for you, 
maybe you know back in the old days of siege warfare what they they didn't have siege machines or anything else or a huge army they would just trebuchets and stuff would, like yeah, that they yeah would, they would just wait them out yeah just, stars and, you out yeah, yeah they would do that and uh, it might have been well that's that can be a long tedious process sometimes depending on whether their water supply is inside how much food they got squirreled away maybe a more proactive way to do it is to go cut down the forest nearby Stack up all those trees and lumber all the way around the fort. Mm-hmm. And just light it. And just light it. And you could basically asphyxiate probably everybody inside the place. Yeah. Uh, you, pro- you probably could. And just yeah. your problem is done. And so you just like, hey, that's it. And of course, you sort of do a little vitrification at the same time. But the purpose is really just it's to kill It's a side everybody. effect. Yeah. 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 That's, I guess that's kind of, yeah, my thought yeah. as well is that it's, you know, there's nothing to say this was intentional. Yeah. Right. Though, again... We well, we're actually going to get into some intentional reasons. Yeah. So we we of have destruction. Uh, well, yeah. In the in yeah. the destruction by the conquerors theory, there is some intentional ways that this possibly could have done. Let's let's actually those are the next bits that we have. This here. is that. This is my original theory. Yes, I know. That's why I told you the whole lot. Love off. it. Okay. So this one is saying that the conquerors did this, but much like Joe said, they did it as a way to burn their enemies out, and they did it using Archimedes' death ray. Mm. Yeah, which is yeah. really fun. And for those of you who have not heard of Archimedes' death ray, uh, it's an invention that he came up with. It's called his death ray or his heat ray. Archimedes lived about 200 BCE, uh, but he's descri- described in the siege of Syracuse as having destroyed the ships of the Romans using a device which was basically a series of giant mirrors that focused the sunlight and would catch those ships on fire, then they obviously they would burn and sink. So they, <laughs> the Fusters did this. Yes, they did. How did it turn out? Not uh, so good. It's yeah. actually one of my favorite screen caps of all time from Mythbusters. It's just got Adam Savage standing in like kind of a bright light saying, I'm standing right in the death. Oh, no, it's not even Adam. It's Jamie. Yeah. One of them standing in the middle of a bright, slightly bright spot and saying, as you can see, I'm standing right in our death ray and I'm not dead. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But according to the theory... I mean, yeah, it's certainly possible. They had this technology in Northern Scotland at the time and the enemies were directing the beams of their death ray on the walls of the fort and melting them. It actually is is a viable technology, but the the array of mirrors you would have to have. Have you seen that that solar collector in, in Southern California? Right, uh-huh. mm-hmm. the one that's got the big tower with the bulb. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean that thing is. What is that thing like? A kilometer in diameter or something like that? I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, and you, you need a pretty huge array of mirrors. Oh, to for sure. Make that yeah. Work. yeah, yeah. So this, I mean, it's this a great is idea. Fun, I like it, but I think it's pretty it's bunky. Fun. It oh, is yeah. really fun. Okay, we'll go on to the next tool that the enemies were using. Uh, that is Greek fire. Yes. Which, uh, if you don't know what Greek fire is, well, well we don't know either. Nobody else knows. Yeah. yeah. So good on you. But Greek fire was most likely some form of crude petroleum. I I just want to point out the number of times you use the word crude in this. What's well, because it's paragraph. crude. <laughs> it's crude. I can't. <laughs> so it's, it's a joke because it's crude oil. Crude petroleum. Uh, of some no. Kind. What, what would happen is so the Romans used this and they would they used 
used it in naval battles because it scared the hell out of their enemies because it's petroleum, so it burns while it's on top of the water. And what they would do yeah, is they would... Kind of like sp- napalm. Yeah, yeah, so they'd spray it at their enemies or they would throw it in these kind of rudimentary grenades. Like, like water in, balloons. In, yeah, like in vases or whatnot. Yeah. And it would hit and it would splatter everywhere. And then somehow they would, you know, shoot an arrow at it that was on fire. You know, the, the old movie trope of shoot the burning arrow. Yeah. yeah. That's what they would do. So the theory goes that the invaders had Greek fire and they were throwing it at the wall. And that was the fuel that then created such intense heats that it vitrified the stones. I mean, I guess. Yeah, sure. Why not? I actually would say that if this were true, it would, I would put this more on the, we did it intentionally in the building process because it would be a hell of a lot easier to create the heat with this kind of fuel source than it would to be packing all that wood to the site. Yeah, except mm. for, you know, the people who were building the forts might not have had Greek fire slash petroleum. Well, but if they had Greek fire, then it would be a hell of a lot easier. Agreed, but the isn't this theory that the attackers had Greek fire? Which it would is, have been and I'm saying that I feel like it would make more sense if it had been the mm. builders had the Greek... Because if Greek fire, if the technology of Greek fire existed, mm-hmm. then you would think that most everybody would know what most everybody. I understand that technology is not universally applied well, or I mean, available. I guess but... not necessarily because you... You know, petroleum, you have to actually, like, mine, right? Well, it's drill. not mine. Well, there were, there were places, even in the ancient world, in the Middle East, where it was actually just You're coming Bubbling up, up to the top? bubbling up. Right, but yeah. in the Middle East, not in Scotland. No. Right, right. so... There if, was trade going on between the Middle East and Scotland. But if I mean, we're saying, like, the Romans... Much, haven't you heard of, of the prehistoric North Scotland to Arabia pipeline? Exactly. It's made out of bamboo, but yeah, it worked. Go ahead, uh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying that the Romans had a lot of control in the Middle East in this time, right? Scotland mm-hmm. didn't. Correct. Um, so if we're saying, you know, it was the Romans are coming to invade Scotland, they could have easily had access to something that they didn't have in Scotland, which is petroleum, which, you know, I think this is actually one of the better theories somehow. Okay. Honestly. Well, well it's good to know. You know, it's a, a really crappy theory. Nukes. Yes. Oh, yeah. My last yeah. theory exactly. is that it was nuclear weapons. This is the greatest thing. Freaking internets. Somebody on the internet once went, hey, you know, nuclear blasts are hot enough to, to melt stone. Wait. Vitrified stones happen in the ancient world. The ancients had nuclear weapons. Uh-huh. Yeah. I really, I think that's all the farther we need to take it because it's that would it's be uh, so. I mean, unless this is evidence. that uh, that that uh, Family Guy skit, which we've talked about before, I don't think this is it. No, it's part of the problem is is that you got. We're talking like, I mean, the, the temperature is right at ground zero in a nuclear blaster, what like five million degrees uh-huh. centigrade, just something ludicrous like that. So this would be way further out. Yeah. And there would be all kinds of vitrified stuff in a circle, you know. Along with giant in, craters. In a radius and crater. There'd be a crater. I mean, the crater could have over, overgrown. Yeah. But there would have to be other vitrified. You'd find, like, maybe a cliff or a rock face that had been similarly melted. Yeah. You know, in the area. You'd find all kinds of stuff like that. I mean, there would be evidence. But you don't. No, you, you left don't. out my favorite theory. Oh, I did. What's that? Yeah, what? which is according to ancient astronaut theorists. <laughs> yeah. Um, ancient alien technology could have been employed here. Is such a thing isn't even that possible? The, isn't well, that yes, what the nuke it is? is? No, not necessarily. Well, what if they had a battle with some invading uh, aliens and, and they got like lasered or something like that? Or yeah. Phasered, so so this is, is Scotsman versus aliens? Yeah, and... yeah. Is and such it... a thing even possible? Sure. Yes. Why not? It is. 
Is it irrefutable? No. Is it possible? Yes. Actually, it is. Is it likely? No. I think it is irrefutable because can you come up with like a good way to refute that? Drunk, yes. Are you drunk? No. Dang it. Mm. That's the problem. All right. (laughs) All right. You guys got any other theories you want to run through this one? Well, just a quick question. I'm not not really sure how much archaeology they've done around these things. I mean, they, 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 they keep calling them vitrified forts. Do they, does anybody actually know if they're truly forts or not? Well, some of the a, a number of them, it is obvious that there was a settlement uh-huh. inside of them. Like the one I was talking about that looks like it's on the giant embankments. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one where it is, um, oh gosh, what is the, it? it's two columns with an arch in oh, the yeah, middle. Oh yeah, I've seen all, pictures of it, yeah. But that's all vitrified. Yeah. So like that's very intentionally done well, and somebody what, lived in that. The reason I, the reason I'm asking asking is, uh, you know, maybe they were not built to be forts. Maybe they were built to be uh, ceremonial sites. And, and maybe lighting a giant bonfire to the gods once a year or once in, a, once in a lifetime or whatever. That's how they broke it in. It's like we got a ceremonial site. Now we got to, like, you know, pile all this wood or coal or whatever and have this huge fire. And because, I mean, it there's actually... could have actually, been bonfires, yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean or even, like, funeral pyres. Yeah, it could have been that too, sacrifices. But, I mean, there's places like, uh, if you look at Sex and Woman in, uh, in Peru, which looks, if you look at it, it looks like uh, just a huge freaking three-tiered fortress. And it's a, I've got pictures of it. I'm sure you guys have seen pictures of it. Oh, yeah. have, it's yeah. amazingly impressive. And But it's not a fortress at all. It was not built to be a fortress. It was actually built just as a ceremonial site. And so, you know, it's entirely possible that these things were built as ceremonial sites. And... There was no invader, conqueror, or whatever. They just had a religious too ceremony. Too much time on their hands? Yeah. Was that? <laughs> they had just too much time on their hands. Well, you know, I mean, uh, people did make the time to do stuff. I mean, again, back to back to Peru and Sex Time Woman. I mean, obviously, that took a massive amount of effort oh, yeah. to build that thing, and those people did it. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and so it could have been just, you know, once a year or once in a lifetime, whatever, we had this massive fire and for to appease the gods or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, I know. can't say that that's not right. I, you know, I mean, it's it's entirely possible because, again, as I've said a bajillion times, we so don't have no idea. No, yeah. nobody does. We can all speculate. Or another possibility. I'm throwing this out for our archaeology, like anthropology major listeners. Okay. Another possibility is supposing they were ceremonial sites and the fires were not not part of the ceremony, but there was like you know, it's happened sometimes in human history. There was kind of a change of religion, and suddenly the old steel scouring it. it suddenly, scouring yeah, the old, the old ones need to be like kind of scoured and, and and done away with. And so, you know, maybe that's the reason that they were all all flamed. Because otherwise, when you think about it, if you're the invader, it, it makes it's less work to just dismantle it and throw the stones down the hillside than to cart in all that yeah. lumber. It's less work if you're the invader. Yeah. And and also, by the way, some of those stones might even be useful. You know, you can build your own stuff out yeah. of it. But yeah, you can with... haul them away to build your new castle. Yeah, you can do that too. But yeah, so, so to me, it makes utterly no sense to, in terms of destroying just somebody's city to mm-hmm. to try to burn it like that. Yeah. It, it it just doesn't. So. It's true. So, yeah, if it makes no sense, well, let's bring in some religion and see if that explains it, or superstition or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe that would be, because that's not practical. I'm not putting down religion. But when you're talking about, like, you know, you're an invading army, you want to do what's practical. Oh, yeah. You've already Generals killed, are practical. You've already killed everybody. Now, Clergy how do we dismantle this the most efficient way possible? 
Well, I think that's a good uh, a good point to to break this off. Bashing yeah, religion always the best. Oh, yeah. always a good time to stop. Well, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I'm sorry if no, anybody's no. offended by that. Uh, I, I, you know, I, I know uh, everybody understands that. Oh, you're yeah, not, yeah, you're not bashing Joe. Oh yeah, but okay. uh, oh no, but uh, I'm trying to think anything else. Not that, 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 nope, that's about it. Yeah, aliens, religion. Yeah, we we really covered the gamut. Yeah, we, we really beat this did. one pretty hard. Mm. All right. Well, this is a good classic. Okay, Dogie. Well, let's give you all of the important details about the podcast. We've got a website, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com, where you can find all of our episodes. And on there, you're going to find some of our research links. You'll find links to merchandise as well as the full episode list, uh, which is a separate page that you can then search for any stories to see if we've done them in the past. A lot of great stories out there. There are. We are on social media, so we're on Twitter. We're thinking sideways without the G. We're on Facebook, where we have the Facebook page and the Facebook group. You want to join the group, which you should do, because it's a lot of fun. Make sure to answer those questions. Yeah. Uh, and we're on Reddit, so we got our own subreddit, which has always got conversations going on, great and small, but there's conversations going on. True. Because it's Reddit. We're available on just about every streaming site, so you can stream it through our website. You can download us through iTunes or use Google Play or Stitcher or whoever. You know who you're using, and if you like to use them, continue to use them. Obviously, you're probably listening to us through them. If you are able to, please take the time to leave a comment and a rating. We appreciate that and helps people find us. Yeah. And last but not least, if you want to talk to us, you want to communicate with us, and you don't like doing so through social media, you can always go ahead and send us an email. So if you've got questions, you've got concerns, you want to give us a backhanded compliment, you can do all of that through our email, which is thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. And with that having been said and all those bases covered, I think it's time to rock on. (laughs) You've been saving that one the entire episode, haven't you? Yep. He spends the entire... Wow, the entire week just thinking all three times. weeks i'm yeah. pretty sure he it's does. a hard yeah. job oh, oh my yeah. god yeah all right well i'm 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 all burned out so uh uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna flaming out here ho 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 ho, ho. <laughs> okay i'm, I'm out that was I pretty go. solid uh, yeah bye, bye.